It's time to go under the hood with the Indy Fuel. And Dan Backlow will let it go. The horn sounds. The Fuel players pour off the bench to congratulate Dan Backlow on his third shutout as a member of the Indy Fuel in his first this season. Backlow stops all 30 shots he sees and clinches a 4 to nothing victory. The hard sounds. Billy Christopoulos with his second career shutout. His first since March 1st of last year. And the Fuel with back-to-back 4 to nothing victories. Christopoulos today makes 27 saves for the shutout. That's the sound of back-to-back shutouts this weekend for the Indy Fuel as they take three out of four on the week. Welcome to the Under the Hood podcast. I am the broadcast voice of the Fuel, Andrew Smith. This Fuel team right now playing really good hockey. They've won six of their last seven games. 18-4-1, they have the best record by points percentage in the ECHL. It's a good time to be an Indy Fuel fan, and we're glad you have joined us on this edition of Under the Hood. This past weekend was really the pinnacle for the Fuel's two goaltenders, Dan Bacala and Billy Christopoulos. Bacala right now ranks second in the league in goals against average. Christopoulos ranks fifth. Bacala ranks number one in wins, and you see why with their back-to-back 4 to nothing victories over the Greenville Swamp Rabbits this weekend. Of course, that sets the table for more hockey as the Fuel will travel to Wheeling on Wednesday, and then it's five straight at home at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum, starting with three against the Fort Wayne Comets this weekend. And then the Wheeling Nailers and Kansas City Mavericks will be in town next Wednesday and next Friday, March 3rd and 5th, to cap this homestand. And the Fuel have done pretty well on it. Beginning the week with a 4-1 to victory over the Fort Wayne Comets last Wednesday night, and then after a 4-3 loss to Greenville, those back-to-back shutouts. Later on in this edition of Under the Hood, we will bring you our guests, Jared Thomas and Scott Savage. They'll be joining us a little bit later on in the program. But first, let's take a look back at the Fuel's busy week at the Indiana Farmers Coliseum. It started Wednesday night when they took on the Fort Wayne Comets. Nick Pirog and Matt Marcineau got things started with a pair of first-period goals. Fort Wayne answered late in the period on the power play, but Nick Pirog's 13th goal of the season, just 11 seconds into the second period, put Indy up 3-1 to one and set the tone for the rest of the game. With a fuel win, the draw to begin the second period. Matt Marcineau threw a check into the slot. Pirog scores! Nick Pirog takes a feed from Matt Marcineau in between the hash marks and rips one over Lackis and the Fuel lead at 3-1 to one as Matt Marcineau was able to skate through a check and then found Pirog all alone in front. Pirog's second goal of the game. Well, Matt Marcineau does an outstanding job keeping his feet moving, pushing wide against Olivier Gallipo. He gets wide by him, and then Nick Pirog, who is completely unmarked, unmanned in the slot area, gets a pass right on the tape. That's yours truly, and Nick Olchek on the call of Nick Pirog's goal. At the 8.28 mark of the second period, Dylan Malmquist stepped into a shot and gave the Fuel a 4-1 to lead, his first goal as a member of the Fuel. Ten seconds to go on the power play as Cliff Watson stops it along the left boards. 
Reverses it over to the near side now for Malmquist. He'll skate in. Shoot from the right circle and score! Dylan Malmquist with a goal just as the power play was ending. Went over Lacus's left shoulder. And the fuel lead at 4-1 for Dylan Malmquist. That is his first goal of the season. Well, Dylan Malmquist sees the ice and he takes it. I mean, from our vantage point up here in the broadcast booth, it was tough to even see Stephanos Lekas. You got four or five bodies at the net front. Joe Sullivan doing a good job taking away the eyes. You got Blake Siebenauer there as well. And from a not a great angle, Dylan Malmquist finds the far side just off the inside of the post. Dan Bacala made it stand up in the fuel net, stopping 35 shots and giving the Fuel a 4-1 victory in the first of their 20 games against the Fort Wayne Comets this season. Friday night, the Fuel dropped a 4-3 decision to the Greenville Swamp Rabbits. It was a game where Indy played really well, outshot the Swamp Rabbits 37-23, but just couldn't find that equalizer. Matt Marcineau, Nick Pirog, and Dylan Malmquist had the goals for Pirog. That was number 14 for him and gives him the league scoring lead. Dylan Malmquist's goal came short-handed, and Michael McNicholas also had a pair of assists in that one. That set the stage for Saturday night when the Fuel took control early with three goals in the first period, including this beauty from defenseman Mike Lee to give the Fuel a 3 to nothing lead. Possession, it is a penalty for throwing equipment. Here's Mike Lee. High slot, shoots, scores! Mike Lee beats Bednard. Top shelf with the fuel lead at 3 to nothing. A power play goal for Mike Lee. And Indy has cashed in twice with the man advantage in the first period. And they have a three-goal lead. Well, Mike Lee, the outstanding rookie on the back end for the Indy Fuel. Again, it's another shot. From the high slot area, Cedric Lacroix at the net front, creating a, dis a big disturbance, creating some chaos, and making life a little bit harder for the goaltender, Ryan Bednard, who, whose pads were along the ice before the shot was even released. And it goes right up over the glove. A great quick shot from Mike Lee. It was Dan Bacala's night. He made an incredible behind-the-back save midway through the second period and turned in a number of other big saves as well. And back up to Carlisle, left point. He'll skate in, feed Nick Paling, and sliding across is Dan Bacala to Rob Paling on the back door. Another great save from Dan Bacala to keep this a 3-0 game. That's the second highlight reel stop in this game. Michael McNicholas had a goal and an assist. Alex Router, a pair of goals in his return to the lineup. And, of course, Mike Lee's goal for the fuel in that one. Willie Raskob, also a pair of assists. Dan Bacala with his first shutout of the season. Then on Sunday afternoon, same score, 4-0 over Greenville. It took a period and a half for the fuel to find the scoreboard. And Michael McNicholas took a great feed from Diego Cuglietta to give Indy a 1-0 lead. Bachman still on the puck. Plays it up to the point for Gordy Meyer. His shot blocked nicely by Lacroix skate. And Diego Cuglietta will play it up as far as neutral ice where it's raked free. And now off the bench, here comes Michael McNicholas into the zone. Shoots and scores! Michael McNicholas comes off the bench, comes right down the slot, 
takes it between the hash marks and rips it past Ingham glove side of the fuel lead at one to nothing. Just two minutes and six seconds later, Diego Cuglietta, who was acquired on Saturday via trade from the Utah Grizzlies, made his impact felt with his first goal as a member of the Indy Fuel. Fuel win the draw. Lee over to McNicholas, right wing boards. Seam pass, Cuglietta steps in and scores! Diego Cuglietta, welcome to Indy! A goal and an assist in his first game with the Fuel, and he ripped one from the inside of the left wing circle into the top shelf, and the Fuel lead it 2 to nothing. a power play goal for Diego Cuglietta. Well, the Greenville captain, Joey Haddad, breaks his stick right off the faceoff. It's a good movement from the Indy Fuel, and they're going to work it to the weak side of the ice. And number seven, that looks so good on his back. Diego Cuglietta, welcome to the Indy Fuel. And you can see the reaction of Jacob Ingham. I mean, he had no clue where that puck was. Of course, Billy Christopoulos stopping 27 shots. And his save helped preserve the shutout and also helped Diego Cuglietta put the exclamation point on the night. At the fuel line for Nick Paling. Sends it into the slot. Christopoulos with a leg save on a tip from the slot. Now the puck comes out to center. Two on none for the fuel. Cuglietta takes it in, shoots, and scores! There's the exclamation point. Diego Cuglietta beating Ingham high. Blocker side. His second goal and third point of the game. And the fuel lead up four to nothing. Well, you think this guy's confident? Unbelievable play in the two on O. That led to a four to nothing Indy Fuel victory. Cuglietta with two goals and an assist in that one. Cedric Lacroix also scored, and Michael McNicholas with a goal and an assist. Now for McNicholas, he has two goals and four assists in his last three games. And as we mentioned, Billy Christopoulos and Dan Bakula both in the top five in goals against average. Nick Pirog with 14 goals, leading the league in goal scoring. And the Fuel have four defensemen in the top 15 in the league in points as well. It all adds up to that 18-4-1 record and first place in the league for the Indy Fuel in terms of points percentage. For his efforts, Dan Bakula was named the ECHL's goaltender of the week. He stopped 65 of the 66 shots he saw in two wins. He's now 10-0-1 on the season, and going back to his last three games, he stopped 92 of 94 shots in three Indy Fuel victories. Dan Bakula, the ECHL's goaltender of the week. Looking ahead to this week, the Fuel welcome the Fort Wayne Comets for three games this weekend, the 26th, 27th, and 28th of February. Friday night, will be Star Trek night. The Fuel will be donning special uniforms for that one. Saturday night will be Indiana Farmers and Friends Night, presented by the naming sponsor of our arena, the Indiana Farmers Insurance Company, as we celebrate seven years of our partnership with Indiana Farmers. Both of those games drop the puck at 7 p.m., and then on Sunday we'll drop the puck at 3 for another family fun day as the Fuel and Comets wrap up their three-game weekend series. You can get all your tickets at IndyFuelHockey.com or call the Indy Fuel office at 317-925-FUEL. It's now time to meet our guests on this edition of Under the Hood. Our first guest is Jared Thomas. Forward from the University of Minnesota at Duluth, he was part of a national championship team and, matter of fact, scored the game-winning goal in both 
frozen four games for the Bulldogs en route to a national title and then was a point-of-game player his rookie year with the Tulsa Oilers in 2018-19. Acquired by the Fuel in exchange for Alex Brooks this summer, Jared Thomas has had a really solid start to the season, and here is our conversation. A third of the way through the season, your team right now is having a really good start to the year, 16-3-1. What is really clicking with this team that has allowed you to have the record that you've had? Um, I I think we're just a resilient uh, team. We're finding different ways to win every night. Um, we've played a lot of tight one-goal games that we've been on the right side of, um, and we've had a couple games here recently that we've one by more than one goal, which is a nice change of pace. But, uh, yeah, I think we just find ways to win games, and that's a good sign for us, like, early in the year for sure, um, winning those games because it obviously put us in a good spot, and uh, we're just going to keep on going and, and hopefully uh, continue the su- success that we've had so far. Hey, you mentioned that resiliency, especially early in the season. You had a lot of games where you had to rally in the third period and came away with two points. Does that – really kind of feed on itself and just allow you to build confidence just individually as well as as a team? Yeah, I think uh, whenever we're down, we don't really panic, which is a good thing to have as a team, especially early when we had those come-from-behind wins. Um, It just instills confidence that no matter what the score is, we we always have a chance to get back in the game and and come back. So I think those games early that we came back uh, definitely put us on the right path as the season went on and and now we're just trying to play uh, a complete 60 minutes of hockey every night and even if we don't we still uh are going to have a chance to win because we have a, resi- a pretty resilient group it seems like a very deep and versatile group as well and you've had the opportunity to play up and down the lineup in a lot of different roles and um has that been kind of a good thing because of the fact that you as a team have a bunch of guys yourself included who can play in a lot of different spots and take on a lot of different roles. Yeah, I think uh, early in the year, especially with the COVID stuff happening, um, it was good to have uh, flexibility throughout the lineup and we have guys that can play multiple positions and um, you never knew who was going to be in or out at the beginning of the year, just because of the randomness of uh, guys getting tested and contact tracing and stuff like that. So I think it helped us a lot. Uh, having flexibility throughout our lineup, whereas other teams were kind of piecing things together. And we just kind of, whatever guys we had, we were confident in. And and we never really felt that we had a a shallow lineup or a lineup that we couldn't win with. So I think it's been good that a lot of people are able to play multiple places. And I think it also gives coach uh, flexibility to change things around if we need to get a spark or, create something so i think it's a good problem to have for sure you've the last few games played on the same line with spencer watson on the opposite wing and lacroix in the middle and what's it like playing with those guys especially playing with spencer who's been a 30 goal scorer yeah waddy's a obviously a quite the player he somehow finds a way to put the puck in the net every night and it's it's pretty easy to play with uh you just gotta find find him and get him the puck and he'll pull one in and I'm more of a pass first guy myself, so I think it works out um, for us. And we're just going to try and keep going if we're in the lineup together and um, hopefully 
both of us can stay healthy and and continue the success that we've had so far. What was the uh, feeling? Kind of what went through your mind when the you were traded from Tulsa to Indy this summer, and you knew you were coming here? Yeah, originally I thought I was going down to Florida because that's where I was traded originally, and then a month or two later, found out I was coming to Indy, and it was actually kind of funny story. I saw the couple days before that Krieger signed in Indy as well as Raskob. And so when I found out I got traded to Indy, uh, I called them right away and was like, Hey, guess who's, guess who else is coming to Indy. And, um, so it was kind of funny that three Bulldogs all in three former Bulldogs all in one spot. But, uh, yeah, I was, it was, I was pumped. I mean, I knew that it was a good spot to be. I've heard nothing but good things from, my buddies that have played here and um, I was excited and uh, obviously Doug called me and we talked on the phone for the first time and I was excited to come here and, and play. And I think a lot of guys were just excited to get hockey going again and it was a long off season. So, um, but yeah, it was, it was kind of a whirlwind kind of a summer and uh, I was just happy to have a place to play hockey at. And um, it's one of the best places to play in the league. So that's also a, a nice thing to have. Uh, you mentioned playing with Krieger and Raskop. How nice is it to have a couple of guys that you played and uh, did some really special things uh, with in college together? Yeah, it's great. Uh, I lived with Kriegs in, in college uh, my senior year, so obviously right away we asked the coach if we could live together here, so that was a easy transition. Um, and then Raskop, obviously I played with him for three years in college, so uh, – pretty familiar with him and it's just nice to have familiar faces uh when you're going to a new place and you can all experience the things together for the first time and um yeah it's it's just fun to see how the guys continue their hockey careers after uh college or whatever it might be so um and playing with them is obviously a bonus too yeah, kind of fun for the three of you for a while to be on the same power play unit as well certainly uh, you know each other pretty well yeah the uh they actually named it the Bulldog unit for a while there. So um, that was pretty, pretty funny, but uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of, we're all pretty smart hockey players and, and pretty skilled. So I think it's, it's pretty easy to play with guys like that. And um, early in the year we had some success and then uh, guys were bouncing in and out of the lineup. So we kind of split up for a while, but uh, the last game we were back together and, and moving the puck around nice. So it's been uh it's been good so far, and hopefully we can keep going. When you came into the league a couple of years ago, you had 21 goals, 65 points, and just a shade over 50 games. What made the transition to the pro game so successful for you to have that really good rookie year in Tulsa? Um, that's a good question. I think I was just at the top of my game my senior year. I had my best year of college and obviously won the national title, so I was – I was, I felt like I was uh, in a good spot physically and mentally and, um, just came in and tried to make an impression on, on people, uh, every day and every game. And, uh, I'm fortunate to have a good, really good team that year. Um, played with some really good line mates. Um, and it was just a really fun, fun, fun time for that team. I think we made it to the conference finals and lost game seven to Toledo, but. Um, yeah, it was a good first year pro hockey for me and I got to experience a couple games in the AHL too. So, um, I kind of was good just going day by day and, and just trying to play, uh, 
play my best and enjoy the enjoy every moment. Describe what that run was like uh, to the national title your senior year at Minnesota Duluth, where you're the last team to get in with an at-large berth, and then uh, you were able to not just win the national championship, but you had the game-winning goal in both of your Frozen Four games, including the title game against Notre Dame. Yeah, the whole thing was just crazy looking back on it. Um, being the last team to get in, technically, and then going down and and coming back in the semis in the regional and and winning an ot and then playing uh air force i think and i think billy was playing uh net that game but um beat them and then went to the frozen four which happened to be in st paul minnesota which is two hours south of duluth so um it was pretty much a home atmosphere for us uh and playing a couple big 10 teams and then yeah both those games were two one games and I just happened to score the second goal in both those games uh both in the first period but they still counted as game winners I guess so um I'll take them but yeah it was a crazy crazy experience it was a heck of a way to end your college career and um it was just so fun being with those guys and going through our journey that we had that year we had a super young team and just saw the growth throughout the year and then by the end of the year we were playing our best hockey and ended up getting the job done. So it was a it was an awesome experience and something I'll never forget. A little bit more meaningful for you because you grew up in that area. Your parents both were athletes at Minnesota Duluth, and I know you're a third-generation Bulldog as your grandfather also played football there. Does that make it extra meaningful to have that family legacy and you be able to carry that on with a national championship? Yeah, it was obviously a, a dream as a kid to – put on the bulldog sweater i had season tickets growing up my whole life so we'd go to all the games and i played in the little chippers game in between periods a couple times and it was just always a dream to play and then when i got the opportunity i i didn't uh let that go to waste and it was just a good uh all those times in in umd playing for that team it was it was something that I always dreamed of and obviously it was a very special ending and then uh my sister actually followed me and is playing softball and her she was going to play softball and basketball at UMD and then after her first year she uh just concentrated on softball but so she's a senior this year there and um so there's still one Thomas there at UMD and then uh but yeah it's a very special thing and and I was kind of around the Bulldogs for my whole life. So being able to get to play for them and end up winning a national championship and have that banner in the, in the rafters is a awesome feeling too. When you do something that special, does that create a bond between you and the other guys? And obviously there's a couple in your dressing room here in Indy that really sticks with you for the rest of your life. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's something you can always go back and talk about or um, there's always, there's reunions and stuff for national chat. I think, I don't think there's very many reunions for teams that lose or don't win titles, but I mean, there's always those, those moments and those things that it's always nice to get remembered for doing something or accomplishing something. So, so awesome. But yeah, with those guys in that room, uh, it's something you can always talk about or always reminisce on. So um, guys still talk about it to this day. And I think that won't, that won't change either. What are your goals for the rest of the year here in Indy? Uh, the rest of the year here, I, hopefully we can uh, keep putting up keep putting up W's and keep leading uh, our conference. Uh, 
staying at the top. And then for me, just kind of try and stay healthy. Um, last year I battled injuries for a while for most of the year and it wasn't very fun. So I'm going to try and do my best to stay healthy and take care of the body. And then, um, hopefully that playing and being consistent on the ice and hopefully contributing with whether it's scoring or, uh, winning faceoffs or being on the penalty kill or making things happen on the power play. Um, just try and impact the game each night. And, and if, Pucks go in the net, um, pucks go in the net, but just try and uh, be an effective player and be one of the top players on this team and uh, keep keep things going the way they're going. Well, Jared, thanks a lot for taking the time to chat with us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. We want to thank Jared Thomas for joining us on this edition of Under the Hood. Our next guest is defenseman Scott Savage. Savage played two seasons for the Maine Mariners after a tremendous college career at Boston College. He came to the fuel at the beginning of the season and has been a really key part of the defense core for the fuel. He's one of four Southern California natives to play for the fuel this season, joining Keone Takshera, Michael McNicholas, and Alec McRae, who's now up with the AHL's Rochester Americans. So here is our conversation with Scott Savage. You've been around this league now for a handful of seasons with now three different organizations. What is it so far that has really clicked with this Indy Fuel team that has allowed you to have the start that you've had? Yeah, I think we're obviously really happy with uh, the start that we're off to. Um, I think for us, um, we've obviously had a, a really good group of guys um, on the ice every night. Um, we haven't had really any COVID issues, things like that. So we've been able to put our best roster um, on the ice almost every night. And then I think we're also just finding ways to win to win games, um, whether we're playing with a lead and keeping it, um, we're doing better with that now. Um, we're also, you know, going down on the third. We had a couple of those games during the season where we're, you know, down one or two going to the third and then we were able to come back and, and find a way to win, uh, in overtime. Um, so we had a, you know, a couple of those games kind of bounce our way. And then now I think, uh, we're doing a better job, you know, playing with the lead and, uh, keeping teams from uh, coming back on us. Does that really speak to the veteran nature of this team where you've got a lot of guys with a couple of years, three years of ECHL experience where you've been in just about every situation so far, no matter where you've been in your careers? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's super helpful having guys, you know, we don't have too many uh, true rookies. uh, So everybody kind of knows what it takes to win games. And uh, for the guys who, you know, we're new, we're young, um, you know, they're getting a lot of help. Um, so yeah, it's super helpful, um, having, uh, you know, more, a more veteran group, um, in the early stages of the season to, to take advantage, um, of things like that. In the last three games, you've won four in a row, but, uh, the last three, you've allowed one goal in each of those games as a defenseman. How much pride do you take in that keeping the puck out of the net and really doing your job blocking shots, retrieving pucks in the defensive zone and, seeing a zero or a one up there uh, under the opposing team's side of the scoreboard. Yeah, you know, as a group, you know, every game we we strive to keep as many uh, goals off the board as we can and uh, getting the puck uh, to our guys that can go score, you know, guys like Nicky Pirog and uh, Peter Krieger who have been on fire uh, to start the year. You know, if we're doing our job in the defensive zone, uh, keeping the, you know, the opponent's scoring chances down and then we transition the puck well, um, we're going to have a lot of success, and I think that's you know why our record is what it is right now. You personally have had three assists in your last four games, one of them on the overtime winner uh, last Wednesday against Wheeling. What has really uh, 
come together for you on the offensive side of your game? Continuing to play the way that I'm playing. Um, you know, I try to be a two-way guy where I can, you know, be reliable in the defensive zone and chip in where I can offensively. And I think some of the, you know, the, the passes or plays are just kind of, you know, falling my way right now. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely happy to, to see, uh, the production kind of increase. Uh, but at the same time, you know, that's, you know, just me trying to stick to, to what I do best and making sure, you know, they're not scoring. The D core. It seems like you've got a very versatile group, a number of puck movers, some uh, guys that can play in a lot of different roles. So you've had a number of different defense partners during the year. How important is it to have that versatility, especially with the type of year that this has been where you've had guys in and out of the lineup? Yeah, no, it's huge. You know, I, we have, you know, I think personally one of the best decors in the league, if not the best. And, uh, that's, you know, it's huge. Like you said, you know, if we have a guy go down with COVID or an injury, um, we have guys that can slide into, to every role, whether it's offensive, defensive, uh, four on four. Um, so having, you know, the, the multitude of weapons that we have, um, really creates, you know, a great environment for us as a decor to kind of gel together and, you know, everyone can kind of move, you know, from one position to another. Um, so it's, it's good. What was your off season like? You'd signed with the Maine Mariners. We're expecting to go back with them. And when they uh, suspended the season, how did you land in Indy? It happened pretty quickly. You know, we, you know, the whole North division, we thought we were going to have a pretty good chance to start in January. And then it all came to a screeching halt, you know, on a Zoom call on, you know, some random Monday. And then, so I just got on the phone with my agent and said, Hey, you know, where can we try to go? And, uh, Indy was an option and, uh, I heard great things about Doug and the organization here. And, uh, I'm really fortunate to have uh, been able to land a job here. You're one of a handful of Californians on the team. Uh, Michael McNicholas, Keone Takshera and Alec McRae, all also from Southern California. What's that been like for you to, uh, have a number of players, uh, from, uh, from Southern California to play with? Uh, it's great. You know, we all skated, you know, the majority of us skated together this summer, actually, um, so it was fun, you know, to be training together, uh, this summer, getting ready to go our separate ways. And then it's, we've all kind of found our way, uh, to Indy, um, which is, uh, it's, it's been, it's been cool. You know, I played with Michael McNicholas in Maine. Uh, I played in the same organization as him growing up. Uh, so it's definitely unique, uh, having this many guys from the West Coast on our roster. You know, I knew Joe Sullivan playing against him growing up. He's from Vegas. So, uh, it's great to see the development and, uh, growth continue in the state of California for hockey and, uh, it's awesome to see more guys from California, you know, make it to college and into pro. And what's the impact of, you know, the Kings have been there for a long time, the the Ducks. How much of an impact has that made in growing the game in Southern California where you're seeing a number of professional players matriculate now to the ECHL, the AHL, and the National Hockey League? Yeah, it's huge. You know, it all started when Gretzky came over to the Kings. And then uh, from there, uh, that whole conference, you know, for a while, San Jose, Anaheim, L.A., uh, you know, when the Kings won their cups, Anaheim won, uh, San Jose had a really good, uh, couple years there. Um, you know, making it to the conference finals, all that success, you know, really drove hockey and then they've done a great job investing back into, you know, their local cities with, you know, practice facilities, you know, their, their, um, midget hockey teams, things like that. Um, so they've done a great job kind of giving back and, uh, hockey, I think is now more of a hotbed state, uh, than it's ever been. Uh, for, for, uh, producing players. How did you get your start in the game? Uh, I started with roller hockey, actually. Uh, we, I was born in, uh, San Bernardino, California. We were living up in Lake Arrowhead. And, uh, when I was four, we moved to where I live now in San Clemente. And there was actually a roller hockey rink, uh, just down the street. And, uh, 
I wanted to go check it out, I guess, as, you know, a newcomer to the city with my dad. And I said, hey, I want to play roller hockey. Uh, so that's where I got my start. And then I transitioned to ice hockey around seven or eight and then uh, never looked back. And that eventually took you to playing, first of all, with the national team development program for a couple of years. You look at that program and the talent that each cohort has to play with your group as Jack Eichel and JT Comfer, Will Butcher, a guys that have had some really good NHL careers so far. What was that experience like for you to represent the United States and also play with a bunch of really, really talented high level hockey players every day to help make you better as well? Yeah. Yeah. It was an honor to uh, have a chance to play at the, the program. Uh, it's a, it's a, always special representing your country at some capacity for, for sports or for anything of that matter. And uh, yeah, it was great. We had a great team, uh, a lot of great players. So every practice, you know, you're playing with the best of the best. You're in the gym with the best of the best. And uh, it's huge. Um, you know, we get to experience international play for the first time, which is, uh, you know, we got to go to a couple of went to Russia between a couple other places. And then uh, your second year you get to play, you know, college um, exhibition games. So you know, you're the only freshman going into college, uh, that have, you know, played college games, um, which is, you know, a unique, I guess you could say advantage. Um, so, you know, you have a little bit of a taste of college hockey before you play it. Um, so yeah, uh, my time there was great. You know, I developed a lot and, uh, I would go back in again in a heartbeat if I had to do it over. So that really helped you hit the ground running when you got to Boston college. Describe the four years you had at Boston college, especially you had a chance to win the bean pot, uh, which, for those of us here in the Midwest may not understand how big of a deal that is. It's essentially the four Boston programs and all those rivalries playing a four team tournament. You won that twice and you also got a chance to play in the frozen four as a junior. Describe that and the opportunities that you had at BC. Yeah, it was great. I was super fortunate. We had uh, a, you know, a pretty good run for our four years. Uh, yeah, we went to the Frozen Four twice. Um, you know, unfortunately we weren't able to, to capitalize and win the national championship. Um, but yeah, it was awesome. You know, winning the beanpot, like you said, was, was a great, uh, experience. Um, it's definitely wild playing at the TD Garden with two student sections, you know, going back and forth the whole game. Um, uh, yeah, so there was definitely, you know, we played at Frozen Fenway. Um, so super thankful and, uh, I grew a lot as, as a person, as a player, uh, at, at BC. Um, and, uh, definitely enjoyed my time there. I'm happy to see that they're, uh, back on the, back on the rise, um, as a, you know, a powerhouse right now. You had a chance to play for one of the legendary coaches in college hockey and Jerry York, uh, the winningest coach in college hockey. What was it like to play for him? Uh, it was great. You know, he's, he's obviously a, a very special person and coach. Um, you know, the values that he instills, uh, in everyone, you know, both on and off the ice, um, I think is, you know, why BC is such a, you know, perennial, uh, powerhouse just because, uh, the, the culture that he uh, cultivates and uh, he, you know, he he gets the best out of all of his players there. And I think that's why um, BC is such a special place to play. What has been uh, your favorite thing about being in Indy so far in the uh, season that you've been here? Um, you know, obviously it's, uh, it's different with COVID, you know, everything is, is, 
I guess not what it was last year, um, you know, just talking to the guys and things like that. But um, I think what's unique for us is, you know, our setup for living. Um, we're truly in our own bubble. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why our cases have been down, uh, which is, you know, super important for a season like this. You know, the more healthy your team is, uh, the, the more advantage you have uh, in the games that you're playing. So that's been, uh, you know, great. And then obviously just, you know, we have a great coaching staff and Doug and Andy and, Jim, our owner, is super supportive, and uh, we're super thank- thankful for everything that he's done. So, uh, yeah, it's just a, it's a first-class organization. What are you looking forward to the rest of the year? Uh, just to continue uh, pursuing um, our playoff spot and making a deep run. You know, I've, I've yet to make the playoffs uh, in my time in the ECHL, and, you know, I'm really looking forward to hopefully continuing uh, the path that we're on to, to make the playoffs and go on a run. Well, Scott, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. And we want to thank Scott Savage for joining us on this edition of Under the Hood and want to thank you for listening as well. Again, the Fuel Home three times this weekend after a quick trip to Wheeling on Wednesday the 24th. They'll be back home Friday, Saturday, and Sunday against the Fort Wayne Comets. 7 o'clock puck drops on Friday and Saturday. A 3 o'clock face-off on Sunday between the Fuel and the Comets. You can get your tickets at IndieFuelHockey.com. Want to thank Scott Savage and Jared Thomas for joining us on this edition of Under the Hood, and want to thank you as well for listening. I am the broadcast voice of the Indy Fuel, Andrew Smith. We'll see you at the rink. Thanks for going under the hood with the Indy Fuel. For more, keep visiting IndyFuelHockey.com.